Hi there. This is the uh, fifth in a series of seven of uh, Easter devotional uh, Easter devotionals that CMD Canada has has put on. We welcome you. My name is Larry Worthen, Executive Director of CMD Canada. Today's presenter is Sheila Rutledge Harding. Sheila will be very well known to CMDA members. She's the president of our organization. As well, her and Terry provided tremendous hospitality to students at the University of Saskatoon who um, were studying medicine for many years. Uh, and so she has a very strong interest in our student ministry programs. Sheila's presentation today is going to be on the topic of blood and its cleansing properties, which I guess is appropriate for a hematologist. Our musical uh, offering today is from Lori Schmuland, who's our uh, administration manager at CMDA Canada, and she'll be joined by Stephanie Potter, our communications manager. If you have any prayer requests today, just use the comment section on Facebook, send those in, and John Dykeman, our ministry lead, will gather those together and will uh, offer them up to the Lord in prayer at the end of today's session. Today's uh, uh, devotional is part of a seven-week series leading up to a special presentation on Saturday, May the 30th by David Stevens. David is the former CEO of CMDA in the U.S., and he'll be giving us a special presentation uh, on the topic of sufficient courage from the writings of St. Paul. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy David's talk. It's uh, going to be from 1 to 3 on Saturday, May 30th and uh, we encourage you to join us then. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We ask you to sit back, relax, and be open your heart to the blessings that the Lord has to share with you. God bless you. Hello, thank you for joining me today. Let's start with prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. I'm Sheila Harding. It's my privilege to be the president of CMDA Canada. And in my work life, I am a hematologist. I want to start with a confession. I faint at the sight of blood. It's true. Um, I've learned to cope when I must. I can handle a GI bleed when somebody with severe thrombocytopenia has one. If I must be in charge, I'm able to be the adult. But if I don't have the necessary skills, if checking out won't bring harm to somebody I'm responsible for, then I'm gone. A compound fracture? Gone. A scalp laceration? Toast. I don't watch gory movies. Braveheart? Uh-uh. 1917? Sorry. The Passion of the Christ? Not a chance. Blood is natural, but the sight of it is not. I went into medicine despite this tendency, figuring I could avoid it somehow. Instead, it has captured my curiosity and my imagination, and so here I am, a hematologist. Of course, in my part of the medical world, it's all under control, in tubes and in bags, on slides and under the microscope. And as I've learned more about blood, any mention of blood in scripture has taken on new depths of meaning for me. So today I want to talk with you a little bit about blood as detergent 
and blood as defender. I grew up in a relatively conservative evangelical Christian environment. Do you remember those old revival hymns? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Are you kidding me? They grossed me out. My dad was a surgeon and my mom was a surgical nurse. When I was a little girl, the youngest of four kids, we had a station wagon with a mattress in the back and we would take turns owning the way back on family trips. Seatbelt laws? <laughs> there were none at that time. On a family trip, we came upon a serious accident. There were lots of people's, people injured and my parents ended up leaving their four kids at the scene while they used the station wagon as an ambulance to take somebody to the hospital. After that, there was a stain on the cover of that mattress that never came out. I knew it was blood, and I knew it was there even when they flipped the mattress over so that I couldn't see it. I never wanted to ride in the way back again. So don't try to kid me. Blood causes stains. It doesn't remove them. And yet, what does scripture say? 1 John 1 verse 7, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And in Revelation 7, then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? I said to him, sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Really? Blood as bleach. If we go to Hebrews, we begin to understand that this isn't really about external things. It's about internal things. Hebrews 9. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer sanctify those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God. So in order to be a detergent, blood has to be alive, flowing, circulating, delivering nutrients, removing waste. We don't have time today to, prefer, to pursue this further, so I'll just leave you with some questions to ponder. What might cause spiritual thrombosis? What might, how might uh, spiritual thrombosis be prevented? How might spiritual thrombosis be treated? And is there a spiritual post-phlebitic syndrome that we have to deal with? So I'll leave those thoughts with you and we'll move on to the idea of blood as defender. Again, what does scripture say? Well, for starters, in John 16, Jesus promises that he has conquered the world. Back to Hebrews chapter 2. 
Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And in Hebrews 4, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And in Revelation 12, but they have conquered him, that is the evil one, by the blood of the lamb. So how does that work? I'm going to ask you to call to mind your immunology 101, to remember innate and adaptive immunity, to remember that God is in the middle of it all, the generation of diversity, that there is active and passive immunity, and that there is a grave risk of being immunodeficient, whether it's maturational or pathological. I'm excited to be involved in a project that uh, Canada is about to embark on, there's a very important trial called CONCOR. CONCOR number one. It's about convalescent plasma for COVID-19 research, involving as many as 50 hospitals across Canada, and some in New York as well. It will seek to determine whether plasma from recovered COVID-19 donors will improve the outcome in hospitalized COVID-19 patients. I'm sure that the principal investigators had no idea that their naming of the trial would have spiritual resonance for anyone, but it does for me. When I was a resident, I had the privilege of hearing Paul Brand speak, the orthopedic surgeon, missionary to India, not the country and Western singer. Dr. Brand co-authored a book with Philip Yancey called originally In His Image. It's now been reissued and combined with an earlier book and is entitled Fearfully and Wonderfully. I highly recommend it for any health professional. They use metaphors from various body organ systems to deepen our understanding of what it means to be the body of Christ. Dr. Brand writes, when we lived in Valore, an epidemic of measles struck the city and one of my daughters came down with a severe infection. We knew she would recover, but our infant daughter Estelle was much more vulnerable because of her age. When the pediatrician explained our need for convalescent serum, word went around Valore that the brands needed the blood of an overcomer. We called for someone who had contracted measles and had defeated that disease. We located such a person, withdrew some of his blood, let the cells settle out and injected the convalescent serum. Equipped with borrowed antibodies, our daughter successfully fought off the disease. She overcame measles, not by her own resistance or vitality, but as a result of a battle that had taken place previously 
within someone else. In our daily lives, the threat is temptation, the disease is sin, and the prognosis is death. But take courage, says Jesus. I have conquered the world. By grace, we have the blood of an overcomer available to us, abiding in us, sustaining us, protecting us, and restoring us to health. Again, Dr. Brand. A pattern emerges. God responds to evil not by obliterating it, but by making evil itself serve a higher good. Jesus overcame evil by absorbing it, taking it on himself, and finally, by forgiving it. Jesus overcame as the one who goes before, by going right through the center of temptation, evil, and death. Think of a scientist staring through her microscope at a microbe population that threatens the world. She longs for a way to remove her lab coat, shrink down to micron size, and enter that microbe world with the material needed to correct it. Now imagine God, after observing with great sadness the virus of evil that has infected his creation, joining humanity in order to vaccinate us against its effects. An analogy that points to truth weakly. Nothing could have more force than the simple assertion, he became sin for us. Thanks be to God. And now, just in case I've given anyone the impression that I think conservative evangelicals have cornered the market on this theme, I leave you with the following prayer from within my current church community. Father in heaven, may we all be cleansed by the saving blood of Jesus. May our consciences be purged of dead works. Scripture says that evil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb. So we ask that the blood of Jesus cover all who are in need of protection, all civil, religious, and lay leaders, our families, friends, enemies, all those for whom we have promised to pray, and for ourselves. We mark the borders of our nation and the doorposts of our churches, homes, schools, hospitals, and places of employment with the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood for us. May the water and blood that came from the side of Jesus create a protecting fountain of grace, one which flows directly from the throne of God to us. Come, Lord, and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Guilty stains and
is plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may i though vile as he wash all my sins Greetings from my backyard. Uh, happens to be that uh, my uh, daughter is taking a nap right now, so I've been asked to be outside. So that's where I am, and uh, I'm joined with uh, Dr. Sheila Harding, who's who's with us. And uh, I'm going to get a question for you in for in just a moment. But I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Lori and Stephanie who put together that beautiful piece of music fairly last minute uh, last week, and uh, they just did a great job and. Uh, Sheila also uh, just delighted that you could do that devotional for us and so great that you could combine uh, your specialty of uh, being a hematologist and sort of integrate that into um, scripture and, and references of blood and scripture and I was looking uh, and doing a little bit of research on um, on blood in, in, in the Bible and, and how it's mentioned and uh, 
in the Hebrew scriptures, you know, it's, it's referenced uh, blood as, as being a source of life. Um, it's also a, a, a pollutant in some cases and a, and a solution in other cases. And uh, so, you know, blood is uh, sort of a, a vital uh, part of uh, what it means to, uh, to, to know God, that he gives us life and he gives us the blood that we need to live. And, and, uh, and obviously, Jesus' atonement on the cross, his, his blood poured out was, was, uh, was the atonement we needed for salvation. So lots of references there. But I think uh, Sheila's joining us now. You're with us, are you, Sheila? I, I am. I, can you hear me? Yes, can hear you loud and clear. That's, that's great. Yeah, good. Um, I have a question for you, and I just wanted to bounce the question that you asked us back to you. And you had mentioned um, that uh, not only you know, is, uh, is blood a detergent and a defender, but then you asked this question, um, what might cause spiritual thrombosis or a, a blood clot? And then how might it be prevented and how might it be treated? I wanted to know if you could comment on that and, and just wanted to hear from the, the horse's mouth on that one. Uh, sure. Um, I'll, I'll plant a few ideas. I don't really have time to unpack it at length. Um, I have another meeting <laughs> coming over the horizon at me. Um, the, the concept is that for blood to function as a cleanser in our lives, it really has to be flowing. And if it isn't flowing, uh, then it can't do its job. Um, so the kinds of things that can cause stasis or thrombosis uh, would include all of those things that are overt sin, as well as um, apathy, um, luke lukewarmness, if you like, just um, inattention to the, the things of faith. The things that can keep it flowing are all those spiritual disciplines that we know about uh, scripture, prayer, um, communion with others, the sacraments, absolutely. Um, so those are things for people to think about. Um, so there's the things that get in the way that there are the things that facilitate. And then once we have thrombosis, um, once, once we're in need of a clot buster, then we, by grace, have available to us repentance and all that flows from that. Um, so those are just some preliminary ideas for people to take away some great things to, to be thinking about and uh, i love the i was just sort of thinking about the the process of repentance and a, and a blood clot and how that would be eliminated through um, um just repenting and and just some neat visuals to, to meditate upon um especially for those of you in the medical world and then, I just and then another, just another uh, analogy for people to think about um we've all had a blood pressure cuff on our arm for too long and we know how uncomfortable that is and the relief that it is to release that cuff and allow the blood to flow. Mm. And so I, I just want to identify again that often the pain in our lives is from our reluctance to, to let the blood flow. And that with repentance and, and turning from those things that prevent it from flowing uh, comes release and relief. So great, so many good analogies there. And I just had one more question for you. You had mentioned that um, you were just starting out on this this uh, project, the COVID or, or the Conquer Trial uh, mm -hmm. for uh, for those with COVID nineteen. And uh, I know that you recorded this a few weeks ago. And I just want to know: Did you have any updates on that, or did you want to comment on that uh, further? No, it, 
it is unfolding. Um, it'll start unfolding in the center of the universe known as uh, Southern Ontario initially. Um, but, but we have ethics approval and we're awaiting um, our direct involvement. Paradoxically, Saskatchewan has done such a good job of flattening the curve that we don't actually have new cases in Regina or Saskatoon recently. And if that keeps up, our involvement may be more moral support than actual uh, tangible involvement. Um, we, we may have a case or two or three come along that would qualify, but at this point, um, unfortunately, all of our activity is in the Northwest. It's not uh, at the sites that would be involved in the trial. So that's good news for us. Um, I, I think we will still have enough cases nationally to, to get to the endpoints that will demonstrate whether this is indeed an effective strategy for this particular beast. Wonderful. Um, please know that uh, the center of the universe isn't quite out of the, the dark. So uh, <laughs> if you want to lend your uh, expertise over this way, then uh, you're certainly welcome. Um, but well, as the, Facebook, as the Facebook meme has said, uh, Saskatchewan's been practicing physical distancing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I get it. I'm from New Brunswick, so I totally yeah. can resonate with that one. But thanks so much, Sheila, for joining us. Um, you are welcome. really appreciate your devotional there. Well, so. and I want to add my voice to yours to thank uh, Laurie and Stephanie for uh, pulling it out for me. Uh, it's actually kind of hard to get uh, some of these really old revival hymns uh, in, a, in a current form, uh, current tastes uh, tend to shy away from images of blood. So thanks to them for reviving it for me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Sheila. Uh, okay. Just re Off to the next thing. Yeah. Take care. Blessings. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Bye. I'm just reminded of uh, Jesus's uh, uh, analogy in, in John 6 of uh, unless you eat uh, my flesh and drink my blood, you have no, no place with me. And uh, uh, just another good uh, reminder. But uh, thanks, Sheila. Sheila. Uh, I want to move into a time of prayer, and so um, I'm just going to look through to see if we've got some uh, some prayer requests that have come in. And uh, so, please put your prayer requests on there uh, if you if you haven't already. Uh, there's a little lag between um, what I'm doing here on Zoom and then onto uh, onto Facebook Live. So uh, the, the sooner you can get it on there, the better, and we can make sure that we integrate that into our prayers. But um, uh, we do want to pray for someone who's a, a young girl who's sick, and that just came to my attention earlier this morning. Um, this could be a, a, a quite serious illness, so we want to remember her in prayer. I also want to remember Donato's friend uh, who was diagnosed with uterine cancer, so we'll be praying for God's uh, healing power to be at work in this individual and for comfort in this time of, of challenge. And I don't see any other prayer requests that are coming in, and, uh, and that's quite all right. Uh, but let's, uh, let's move into a time of prayer, and, uh, and so bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, we're grateful for Sheila and for her love for you, Jesus, and just how she was able to um, take some of those pieces of scripture that reference blood and, and, and ultimately how uh, your blood shed on the cross is our atonement for sin, Father. Um, we thank you for uh, all those analogies, uh, especially as we can think of like spiritual thrombosis and what that might, uh, what that might be for, for uh, humankind. Uh, Father, we want to uh, also give you thanks for um, 
for Stephanie and for, for Larry and for Lori and all the, all the work that they do behind the scenes and on the scene. And we pray your blessings upon them and the work that they do. Uh, we want to lift up to you this young girl who is sick. Uh, she's, uh, she's has this illness that's dire from the sounds of it, Father. And we pray for your healing power to be at work in her body. Um, we also pray for uh, comfort for her family through this time of um, just reeling from this, this, re this news of her sickness. And so, Lord, would you be at work in her and in this family right now? Father, we pray. And we also lift up to you uh, Donato's uh, friend who is diagnosed with uterine cancer. We pray that uh, you would bring your healing power, Lord Jesus, um, into um, this person's body. Um, we know that, Jesus, you are the great physician. You are the healer. And so would you do a miracle in this person's life and bring about your healing power? Um, and we pray for comfort for those who are grieving uh, with the news of, uh, of this cancer. And uh, I pray that they would just be reminded of the fact that Jesus is a man of sorrows and, uh, and he weeps with those who weep. And so, Lord God, uh, we just thank you for all your blessings, God. And uh, we pray that uh, your name be glorified in our lives. Uh, we ask this now uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, join us again next week. We'll be at the same time, at the same location on Facebook Live. And Dr. Ted Fenske, uh, he'll, be, he'll be joining us and leading us in this devotional. And this devotional is quite a bit different than the previous ones we've had. Um, it's a little bit more of a spiritual exercise, I would say, something of leading us into God's presence. And I think that you'll really enjoy this devotional. So uh, join us again next week. Uh, so before I go, I'll receive this blessing, uh, knowing that the presence of God uh, dwells within you, uh, that Jesus has come to make his home in you. Uh, so the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord's face shine upon you, and the Lord grant you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. See you next week. Bye-bye.